Hello, and welcome to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Today we continue in our series called The Life You Were Meant to Live. In this series, Pastor Rick looks into the Bible to help you discover the life God planned for you, the life you were meant to live. In just a few moments, we're going to tell you about a life-changing tool that will show you how to re-energize your spiritual life in ways you may have never dreamed possible. To find out more, go to PastorRick.com right now while you listen to today's broadcast. Or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part two of a message called building margin into your life. Number two, expect to have problems. Expect to have problems. Now this is why you need margin in the first place because you have problems in life. Now if you think that you can have everything in your life go as planned, as you plan it, you ought to just go check into Charter Hospital right now. Because folks, nothing goes as planned. I can't get an hour of my life to go as planned, much less a day or a week or a month or my entire life. Now, plans are good, and the Bible says we ought to plan, and plans help lead you in the right direction, but nothing ever goes perfectly as planned. So you're setting yourself up for big disappointment. And if you think, you know, if I've got to go to a certain distance and it's going to take me 15 minutes, if traffic is great, you probably ought to allow margin. Because there may be traffic. You may have a flat tire. You may run out of gas. You may forget something and have to go back. Some of you have been coming to Saddleback for 10 years and you still can't get here on time. <laughs> you need some margin in your life. You know why you think, you know, it's only 15 minutes from my house to the church property. Right, but once you get on this property, it takes you another 10 minutes to get in the building. It doesn't take you 15 minutes. It takes you 25 minutes to get here. And you probably ought to add five more minutes in because you're going to stop and get a donut. (laughs) And the fact that you're always late means there's no margin in your life. There's no margin. That's why you're late all the time. Expect to have problems. Now, Jesus told us. He said we should expect to have problems. And so we should expect to have problems. Look at this verse on your outline. Read it with me, John 16, In the world, you will have trouble. Now, circle the word will. He doesn't say you might have trouble. He doesn't say you could have trouble. He says you're going to have trouble. You're going to have problems. So why are we surprised? Now, we assume naturally that everything's just going to be great. Everything's going to go right. And I have to tell you, folks, I have to admit that on this point, I am preaching to myself because I am a naturally optimistic person. I don't think about what possibly could go wrong. I'm not wired that way. That's why I need people around me who go, well, what about this, and what about that, and this could go wrong. I just don't think that way. I'm always saying, well, it's all gonna work out great. It's gonna be fine. What problem? And so I need to expect the unexpected. Hope for the best, but plan for the worst. I remember a number of years ago, in one of my wife's weaker moments, I convinced her to go on a vacation without any planning. She said, what? I said, yeah. I said, let's just put the kids in the car. We got 10 days and we'll just head off. 
Where are we going to go? I don't know. We'll just find out. It'll be an adventure. We'll just kind of head off on a car trip vacation. And she said, why in the world would you want to do that? I said, because my entire life is planned. As the pastor of a very large church, almost every minute of my day has got something planned in it. And so I said, I need a vacation from planning. I need to just do something that's totally unplanned. It sounded like a logical idea. <laughs> it sounded like a really good idea. So she said, okay, we'll try it. So we put the kids in our van and we just headed out across the desert having no idea where we were going. You want to know what happened on that vacation? No, you really don't want to know. Kay calls it the pinball vacation. Boing, 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 you know. First night, we arrive in Durango, Colorado and sleep in the car because there's no motels open in the whole city. Every single hotel, motel, flea bag apartment is all filled up, so we sleep in the car. Second night, we get to Denver, Colorado, and there's not a single motel room open in Denver. That, how was I to know it was the annual rodeo <laughs> that had been booked for weeks and weeks and weeks? There was not a single room in the entire city of Denver that we could find. So we're in the, the, you know, the car again. The third night, sleeping out. The third night, we are in the Notel Roach Motel in Dumpyville, Utah. And I mean, this place, the motel, it was run by a gas station. Now, you know there's a problem here. And the motel rooms were trailers. And they were really battered, beaten down trailers. One of them, the one we got, it had a screen door on it that's hanging on one hinge with the screen punched out so the mosquitoes can come through. Little roaches crawling across the ceiling. So guess what? We get back in the car. It's true. We got back in the car. And it went like this until the last night on our last stop home. We stopped, I can remember sitting in Las Vegas in a loud, smoky lounge at 1 a.m. in the morning, waiting for the first room that's going to open up because somebody's checking out at 1 a.m. early so we could get a room. Oh, boy, was that a fun vacation. <laughs> now, the Bible tells us that thinking ahead is a mark of wisdom. Look at this verse, Proverbs 22:3. The prudent person foresees difficulties ahead and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Why didn't I see that verse before vacation? <laughs> Number three. Want to build margin into your life? Number three. Put space in my schedule. Put space in my schedule. You might even, as you're writing that in, circle the word put. You can't hope for space in your schedule or pray even for space in your schedule or expect somebody else to provide space in your schedule. You're going to have to decide to put some space in your schedule. You're going to have to decide to build some buffer zones into your life, some downtime. That means you leave some empty spaces in your daytime, or as scary as that is to some of you to come across that. There's actually some white space there. 
That means that when you open up your Palm Pilot and hit on, it doesn't reveal the word overload every time you open it up. The fact of life is, the faster you go in life, the more margin you need. And most of you in this room, are, your lives are filled. Things are going pretty quickly in life. And the faster you go, the more margin you need. If you're going 70 miles an hour down the freeway, you want more than three inches between you and the other car, don't you? I hope for that at least. And so you need to build, I need to build that, that margin into my life. In fact, the Bible tells us very clearly that if I don't allow space into my schedule, if I just work all of the time, that is foolish. Would you read with me with great enthusiasm? Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 15. Only someone too stupid to find his way home would wear himself out with work. Don't you like the Bible? It just cuts through everything, doesn't it? It's just very honest with us about the struggles we have. Why do we find ourselves having to work all the time? It reminds me of that story I heard of the, little, uh, of the guy who comes home and uh, his little kindergarten daughter asks him why he's working so hard and why, why it is that he has to always bring work home. And he, he looks at her and says, well, honey, you know, I just don't get it finished at work, so I need to bring it home and get it done. And the little daughter looks up at him and says, Daddy, I think they should put you in the slower group. <laughs> Why is it that we have to feel so important that we have to keep every moment of every day busy? Would you write this down in your outline? Would you write down, life is a journey, not a race. Life's a journey, not a race. Why do we front load everything, try to get there so quickly? The truth is, if I really want to last in life, I've got to realize I've got a whole journey in life to live. And I've got to remember that it's not how fast I live that's important. It's how well I live. As soon as someone gives you the permission to say, you know what, it's okay to slow down and realize that, it does something for all of us. Many of you wrote in this last week by email and letter after the beginning of this series about how important it was to begin to think this way. Let me just read you a few comments that you, that you wrote in. One person wrote in and says, said, you know, that message really did it for me this last Sunday. On the way home, I took the long way through the rural Orange County instead of taking the tollway home. And I stopped at a diner for breakfast. And even though it took a little while to get served, I didn't fret. And then I took a one-hour nap beside, despite our house being messy. And then I took a leisurely Laguna Canyon drive to a family gathering. And then I took the long way home. And then I took another nap. This is a good day, isn't it? <laughs> and then after I talked with roommates in the kitchen about the Lord, with the house still messy, I sat in the jacuzzi before going to bed. Somebody else wrote in and said, as I listened to the testimony last weekend about someone with an overloaded life, it was like holding a mirror up to my face. I've been filling my life with activities and even ministries to keep myself so busy, I wouldn't have time to think about some of the issues I really needed to deal with. Thanks to this weekend's message, I rested yesterday. And the world did not come to an end. I, I read the entire Sunday paper for the first time in years. I talked with friends without having to rush off somewhere on an errand. I enjoyed watching my kids play with their friends. I, I sat in the room that I had redecorated so that I could relax in it, but I never had. And finally, I just enjoyed it. And I talked to God a lot during the quiet moments. That's the best thing that happened to me. It felt great to get back on track with God. All day long, I kept asking myself, what would happen if I just sat still for two minutes? What was I so scared of? It was great. 
I can't tell you how much this was an answer of prayer to me. I know that I can't keep going at the pace that I've been going at. And I just needed someone to tell me it's okay to take the time to rest and to not feel guilty about it because God never meant for us to live the way that we've been living. If that's going to happen for me, if that's going to happen for you, it takes a decision to put some space into our schedule. Number four, if I want margin in my life, I must prune my activities periodically. Prune my activities periodically. Many of you know that for relaxation, uh, one of the things I do is I grow roses. And every January, usually the third week, usually about January 20th, is when I prune all my roses back. If I want to have any roses in the new season, you have to prune them back. And so this year on January 20th, I went out and I got ready to prune and there were still lots of branches with buds waiting to blossom. Still waiting to blossom. Do you know how difficult it is to cut off a rose that hasn't bloomed yet? I mean, that is like killing me to do that. Now, when I tri trim roses, you really don't want to be around me. I mean, I'm ruthless. It's whack, whack, whack. I'm Rambo with roses. I'm pam, pam, you know. And I, I got out there because I knew that I wanted to have roses in the new season. So I'm cutting them all back and just whacking them all up. And it was painful for me to do this. And it, I'm sure it was painful for the roses, too. And I could just imagine those roses saying, why are you doing this to us? We still have blooms waiting to blossom that will be fragrant and beautiful, and then you can snip them and give them to your wife and get all kinds of brownie points. Why don't you wait? Why do, why do gardeners prune trees and plants? For greater productivity, for the health of the plant, for the plant's own goodness, and for future blossoms and fruit, fruitfulness in the next season. No pruning, no fruitfulness in the next season. Now, every year of our lives, we sprout new activity branches. You're doing some things now that you didn't do a year ago. You've added them on. What have you cut out? What have you cut off? What have you pruned back? You can't just keep adding and adding and adding and adding to your schedule new things. Oh, now let's add this one. And as your kids grow up, you know, you add new things to do. You just can't keep adding without cutting back, without pruning your activities. Now, here's the secret. When you prune, you don't just cut off dead wood. You cut off living branches that are still productive, that are still fruitful. And in your pruning, you're going to have to cut out some activities that are still producing in your life, that are still good that are still bearing fruit, but you have to cut them off because you're in a new season. We've been working on this with our pastors. You know, I don't know anybody who works harder. I don't know any group of people who work harder than the staff and the pastors of this church. We have over 200 staff in this church, and they are all closet workaholics. I mean, they think about the church 24 hours a day. They work enormous hours. They're on call all the time. They really put in incredible, incredible hours. In fact, it is my job primarily to slow them down. I don't have to motivate any staff member of our church. They, they'd work their tails off. 
if, you know, if, I, if I'd let them. And I have to slow them, because I don't want them burning out, so I have to slow them down. So during this series, I've taken the 13 pastors of Saddleback, and I've put them in a margin recovery group. <laughs> and we're holding ourselves accountable. And we're asking each other the tough questions. And then we're saying, what are you doing about this? What are you cutting back? What day is your Sabbath? And making sure that we have balance and health, because I don't want these guys burning out. They're too valuable to the church, to me, to the kingdom. And so you have to prune some things back. Now notice this verse, 1 Corinthians 6, 12. Paul says, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. What's he saying here? Well, God's given you a free will. You're permitted to do anything. You can go out and overload your schedule 10 times and God isn't gonna stop you. He isn't gonna stop you. You are permitted to totally make stupid decisions. But it doesn't mean it's the beneficial thing to cram your life full. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We are so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. If you'd like to receive Rick's free daily devotional, go to PastorRick.com and sign up right now. You'll get hope and encouragement from Pastor Rick delivered to your inbox every day. Rick will be back to close out our time today, but first, if you're not feeding and exercising your spirit, you're going to feel run down and tired. You've got to do more than just take care of your body. You've got to energize your spirit. And the best way to do this is with God's Word. Here's Rick to tell you about a very special Bible study resource that will help you engage with God's Word and re-energize your life so you can live the life God meant for you to live. It doesn't matter how much you work out or how healthy you eat. If you're not feeding and exercising your spirit, you're going to feel run down and tired. You're going to run out of gas. Maybe you've been feeling that way lately. Often it's not what you eat, it's what's eating you. And the truth is, you've got to do more than just take care of your body. You've got to energize your spirit. Now the best way to do that is to get into God's Word. It's the soul food. It's the spiritual food for your soul. And that's why I put together a new interactive guide called Re-Energize Your Life. This resource will help you learn everything you need to know to re-energize your life the way God intended. And so what it does is just step-by-step, step, you begin a journey of personal renewal. And it's a hands-on guide, very practical, to take you at your own pace. You don't have to rush this, okay? This is not a book or a journal that you go through fast. In fact, I encourage you to stop and spend time in each section where you need the most encouragement. You'll not only benefit from the biblical wisdom that's included, but you're going to learn how to apply it to your life in practical ways. Now, let me just mention a couple of things that you're going to discover in re-energizing your life. You're going to learn the steps to how to let Jesus lighten your load. Does that sound good? You need your load lightened? Well, we talk about it in re-energizing your life. You're going to learn the three biblical steps for managing stress the way Jesus did. You're going to learn five ways to build margin into your life very important principle. And even the principle of the Sabbath is a, is a margin principle. You're going to learn how to determine what matters most. A lot of the confusion and fatigue comes in your life is because we give major attention to minor things. Not everything in your life matters. Not everything has to get done. We can help you learn to clarify 
what the difference between what's urgent and what's important. There's a whole lot more that I don't have time to get into, but the pages of Re-Energize Your Life journal are packed with full-color devotionals and Bible verses and teaching that's going to dramatically impact your spiritual life, not just today, but forever. So don't miss out. I hope you'll get this resource that we want to provide to you through Daily Hope. We'll send you Re-Energize Your Life today when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take the hope of Jesus to people everywhere. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get this great resource. That's PastorRick.com. Or you can text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Thanks so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.